Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. On this episode, I spoke with Colin, and Colin is the founder of Sheets and Giggles. We talk about his story, how he created his company, how they hit 1 million in sales within the first 12 months, his tips for running a crowdfunding campaign, how to create great content, and what he's doing to really help support his team members during this time. I hope you guys enjoy listening. Okay, so thank you so much, Colin, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. Um, tell me about your story. Uh, my story? I mean, how far back do you want me to begin? Like, when I was a, a small child or, you know, when I got my first job or, like, what's most interesting to, to you and the listener? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe right before you started your company. Uh, so right before I started my company, so I started Sheets and Giggles uh, in... October 2017 and three weeks prior to that I had been laid off at 1 p.m. on a Monday from my last company which is a wearable tech startup also based in Denver Colorado Um, we were trying to fight sexual assault and violence with wearable technologies so we had built this device that you could wear that would send out an emergency alert and live location data to your friends and family let them know where you were and that you needed help Um, I did that for about two or three years Uh, I was on the founding team and unfortunately, uh, it just didn't work out. We had the, I think, layoff of like 20 people uh, on a Monday, myself included. And so three weeks later, I founded Sheets and Giggles to do something a little different, uh, to say the least. And what was that like when you got laid off? Did you know, oh, I'm going to start a business now? Or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that, that had been... Um, also, getting a little feedback on mine. Are you good on your end in yeah. terms of the recording? Okay, cool. Um, so basically I, that had been my, I want to say fourth or fifth job in five years after graduation. I was 27 at the time, um, 29 now. And, uh, I think it was kind of at that point, one of two things I was either going to go back to large companies, go to work at Amazon or Microsoft or something like that. Um, back to Seattle, be with my friends out there, uh, which is where I moved uh, to Denver from. Or I was going to start my own company and really nothing in between. I was going to work at somebody else's startup. I was going to work at somebody else's company. I just wanted to work either big company, stability, or total polar opposite, start my own company and do my own thing. And I, after a few weeks of thinking about it, I was just really obsessed with the concept of sheets and giggles and the business model surrounding it. Uh, and uh, I also, um, truth be told, was just sick of listening to other people and sick of listening to uh, you know, decisions that I disagreed with at companies that I didn't really have a lot of upside or uh, control over. And so I just decided that it was a good time with my network to start my own thing. And how'd you come up with the idea? And also, how'd you come up with the name too? <laughs> uh, they're both kind of one and the same. So I was watching back in really June, this is a true story, June 2017, I was watching uh, War Dogs with uh, Miles Teller and Jonah Hill. If you've ever seen that movie? Um, and I actually, I got so upset with Miles Teller's character because he had all these sheet sets in the back of a pickup truck and he was selling them to, uh, like retirement communities. And they kept saying like, no, you know, we don't need these sheets. We don't need that nice of sheets. And I got so frustrated with my, uh, she's now my ex-girlfriend because I'm neurotic like this. I was like, I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, this guy didn't do any market research, has no idea who his core customer is you know, doesn't understand what they need, uh, you know, bought all this inventory without doing the research. And I was like, you know what, pause the movie. 
And I wrote like a two page business plan for a bed sheets company that night. And uh, whenever I write a business plan for something, I try to make it a little bit more real and I buy a domain for it. And so I always think like, what's a funny name for blank? And I was like, what's a funny name for a bed sheets company? Sheets and Giggles, that's a funny name. And so I, the domain sheetsgiggles.com was available and I bought it that night. Uh, and then three or four months later was when I incorporated the company. Uh, so really the, the name and the general concept of selling sheets <laughs> on the internet was uh, my initial idea back in June 2017. And then uh, September, October 2017 is when I started to like flesh it out and see what the business model would look like, what the financial model would look like what materials would we use, where would we source from, uh, and then build out um, what ended up becoming uh, one of the fast-growing consumer brands right now in the U.S., which is really, really fun for me to, to know and see. And what was so, it? pretty random. Yeah, and what was it about sheets that you're like, I need to create these sheets? Like, have you always liked sheets? Uh, like, <laughs> uh, So you're going to hear from a lot of different founders that, that'll probably tell you, like, um, <laughs> I was obsessed with this problem and I like, built a solution. That's what it was like in my last company, right? We were obsessed with the problem of like fighting sexual violence and fighting sexual assault. And we came up with a solution that we thought we had. Um, with SMG, it was very, very different. I came up with a business model that I felt very, very passionate about. So I wrote down, you know, massive commodity. These are literally my criteria for like the business I was going to start. Massive commodities market, zero brand differentiation or loyalty, um, no uh, type of market leader that I had to chip away at, so a highly fragmented field with a lot of smaller players. And then I also wanted something that was traditionally physical retail so I could help bring it online with the direct-to-consumer model. And so I looked at all the domains that I owned, and I because I own SheetsGiggles.com, I thought, does betting fit my criteria? And it fitted like perfectly. $12 billion U.S. commodities market growing 10% year over year. Um, you know, no brand differentiation, no loyalty. Everybody sells cotton, everybody sells polyester, everybody sells bamboo. And so I started doing materials research in the industry and I found a material called eucalyptus lyocell, which is what we make our sheets out of. Um, and it's really sustainable. It uses 96% less water than cotton, 30% less energy, uh, no insecticides, no pesticides. And it's also biodegradable, completely biodegrades in nine weeks after it goes into a landfill. And it's also incredibly premium. Like, I mean, it's lower, lower coefficient of friction than cotton, so it's softer, it's smoother, it's more breathable, more moisture-wicking. Um, it feels like incredibly breathable silk, and it's just really, really incredible stuff. And so I became very obsessed with this very quickly. I love the business model. I love the product. I love the sustainability of it. And so I think October 19th uh, was when I incorporated in 2017, and now it's two and a half years later, and... We've shipped tens of thousands of units. We've got sheets, comforters, duvet covers, blankets, uh, you know, and, and uh, we, uh, I think we've now saved an estimated 35 or 40 million gallons of water compared to cotton sheets in their production uh, over the last uh, couple of years. So. And did you do a crowdfunding campaign in the beginning? I did, yeah. I did an Indiegogo crowdfund in... Uh, May 2018. So we are 10 days away from the two-year anniversary of that Indiegogo, Indiegogo crowdfund. And what tips do you have for someone who's looking to get into crowdfunding? Like what helped you when you were doing your campaign? Um, I was actually thinking about 
about that and and get in like writing some advice i think that a lot of people right now are going to get laid off uh and furloughed from their jobs and a lot of people are going to be thinking about starting their own thing similar to how i was thinking about it i think that getting laid off is like a really good push to start your own thing because you realize you don't want to be at the mercy of of other people anymore in your career um and so the tips i would say are like from a high level uh just in terms of goal setting uh let's say that you want to make a hundred thousand dollars for crowdfund campaign generally speaking 30 percent of your grand total is going to come within the first 24 hours and almost 100 percent of your first 24-hour take is going to come from your email list it's not your friends and family it's not your facebook friends it's not instagram it's not linkedin it's an email list of people mostly strangers that are excited about the brand that you're building so uh if an email list reasonably converts at about three percent which it does two percent if you're doing something wrong four percent if you're doing something well then if you need 30% of your goal on day one and your goal is $100,000, then that means that you need $30,000 on day one. And if your average order value is 100 bucks, that means that you need 300 customers on day one in order to hit your $100,000 goal. And if you need 300 customers on day one and an email list reasonably converts at 3%, then that means that you need 10,000 emails in order to hit your day one goal period, end of story. And so that's exactly what we did from February 2018 to April 2018. We put our heads down and gathered, I think, 11,000 emails in about eight weeks of people that were interested parties and what we were building and what we what our brand was going to be. And then just like clockwork, day one, we launched. Our email list converted at 4.5%, and we got about $45,000 on day one, and uh, we ended up raising $284,000 for our betting in a 45-day uh, period. Wow, and how did you get all those emails? Uh, so basically we ran, we did a bunch of photo shoots and then I built all the content myself in terms of the copywriting and the landing pages. We used a software called Takeoff Labs for our landing pages, a really good piece of software um, hooked into our Shopify and Google Analytics so we could track everything. And then basically we ran uh, Facebook ads to look like audiences for early adopters. So if you get you know, crowdfunding agency to work with you, uh, which there's a lot of predators in the space. So people should be careful about who they work with crowdfunding agency wise. I would recommend only working with the agency that I really love and trust. It's called Russell Marketing. I don't get a kickback or anything. I just really love those guys, Russell Marketing. Um, and uh, basically they have look like audiences from the past campaigns that they've run. And so you can basically target early adopters and their lookalikes on Facebook and you drive them to the landing pages that you build with your content, and you basically give them three distinct value propositions, right? And our three distinct value propositions were that our eucalyptus sheets are literally softer than cotton, uh, they are sustainable, and they're gonna cost about a third of what you'll pay in store for a comparable set of eucalyptus bed sheets at Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, and those were our three core value props. We ran about 50 different ad variants, had about 12 different landing pages, different headers, different H1s, different calls to action, different texts and picture placement. And uh, we ended up converting emails at I think like a 45% clip, which is really, really high compared to what we uh, were hoping to see. We were hoping to see around 10 or 20%. And we just got blown away by the response to the brand. Wow. And why is it so important to you to create a sustainable brand? Well, I just think it's irresponsible if you're at this stage in the game, like we don't, we actually don't talk about the sustainability too, too much because I think that it's kind of like, 
it's just not the best value proposition. Like, the sheets are better than cotton sheets. Like, they're just better. They're the, they're the most luxurious things you'll ever touch. And so I feel like if we lead with the sustainability, we're doing a disservice to the actual quality of the product because I think that that intrinsically tells people that you your product is not uh, as good as the unsustainable version, which is not true. So our brand actually isn't really built around sustainability as much as it is the feel-good of Sheets and Giggles just being this fun kind of flipping brand in a very like undeservedly serious space. Uh, but the the sustainability is important to me personally, just because I'm 29. I, you know, I've, I've got a few years left to live. Uh, we're going through a, I mean, maybe, maybe one or two, uh, at this space. Uh, you know, we're going through a really transformative time right now in the world. I think where we're getting a small taste of what, uh, the chaos to come could be like if, like we let climate change continue unabated. And so I think that it's just, if you're going to start a new company in today's day and age, you need to sell a sustainable product. Um, otherwise you're just not doing your part. Uh, and so that's, that's why it's important to me is just to, to make sure that I can look up, you know, after two and a half years of really, really hard work, I'm talking, you know, 18 hour days, uh, seven days a week for at least a year and a half when I started and, you know, look up and we plant a tree for every single order. We've now planted tens of thousands of trees. We save a thousand gallons of water for every sheet set that we sell. We've now saved tens of millions of gallons of water and hundreds of thousands of years of drinking water for the average person. Um, and we've saved untold amounts of pesticides and insecticides. Cotton uses 16, 24% of the world's insecticides by itself. Our eucalyptus trees use none. And so it's all, it's just about like being proud of what you're doing and, and being able to look up and, and say, you know, I helped instead of hurt. So that's generally the, the, why it's so important to me. And are your sales mainly online? Are you in stores as well? Uh, they're actually entirely online. Um, mm -hmm. We sell only on sheetsgiggles.com or on Amazon. If you search mm -hmm. for eucalyptus sheets, I think were the first results. Uh, and then sheets and giggles were obviously the first result. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we haven't done any brick and mortar so far. We are doing some wholesale deals with <clears throat> some mattress companies, which I think are interesting. Um, you know, they're, they're basically letting us like do their white label sheets. So you'll see some mattress brands introduce you to the sheets in the next couple of years, uh, next couple of months actually. Um, and they'll actually be ours, but our name won't be on them, but that's cool as long as they pay us. Um, and, uh, and we can, we can prevent a few people from selling cotton, polyester and that sort of thing. It'll be a win-win. Uh, and other than that, I was thinking about doing like an HSN or TVC deal this year, uh, if they'll have us, but, uh, no guarantees. And how did you hit, um, I was reading online that you hit a million in your first 12 months. How'd you get there? Yeah. Um, I'm actually more excited about the second 12 months. I think in the second 12, in the second 12 months, it'll be uh, several million. Um, but the first 12 months, uh, and to be clear to everybody, that doesn't go into my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, so um, it's hard. I mean, I was very, very, very proud that we, that we did a million dollars in sales in our first uh, 12 months. That's, that's one of the things that I'll always, I'll always carry with me is like what we did in such a short period of time and how quickly we've come up as a brand. Um, honestly, there's no, 
there's no real secret uh, in a sense. It's just about working harder than the other guy, being more creative than the other girl, um, you know, uh, putting as much out there as you can, seeing what sticks, understanding intuitively what your brand voice is so you don't deviate from it and you can create like a pretty strong narrative. Um, and then really understanding what your customer wants. Like we did, we did a lot of surveys with thousands of people that we had on our email list asking them like, what do you want in bed sheets? What do you care about the most? Is it colors, is it patterns, is it sustainability, softness, coolness, breathability, ease to put on deep corners. And we got so much feedback from people that like, basically we learned a lot about, and, and you know, some people are different, different personality types, like on the Myers-Briggs scale, I'm a, I'm a hard N, uh, which is intuitive. So like you give me a sample size of a couple hundred people with their answers and I'll just assume the rest of the population is exactly like that. Um, and that's really, really good for like quick decision making, whereas other people are a little more paralyzed without all the data. So I also think you need to be very comfortable making decisions and making big calls with very little data. And then the data that you do have, I think you need to grab onto very tightly and make sure that you're, uh, you're understanding it as best as possible. Every single day for the first probably 14 or 15 months of, the company of, of sales, I would manually put in every single core metric that was most important to us to understand every single night before I went to sleep. So amount of visitors we have on the website, sales we made, cart values, conversion rates, add to cart rates, cart drop-offs, uh, which items they bought, how many they bought, average items per order, uh, and I would manually enter that in. There are plugins to do that type of data automatically, but I think that it was very, very useful for me to understand everything from, we, I knew the exact amount, of, if, you, if I sent the visitor to the website, I could tell you to the penny the amount of money that would make us and the amount of money that would cost us. And so dollars per visitor became this big metric that I was really clued in on. Um, and then, you know, seeing which tweaks to conversion rate and click-through rate, um, free, getting free impressions online, different areas, uh, doing some Reddit marketing, doing, you know, we don't do a lot of Instagram marketing. We're not really like an Instagram brand. Uh, we don't do like the white sheets or the white walls or like the French press coffee, like placed super precariously on the edge of the comforter. Uh, that's not really our brand. And so um, just like leaning into what makes your company different and being okay if some people hate it. Like some people would tell us, oh, you have three men in a bed, you're going to hell. We'd be like, okay, well, you know, that seems like a shame for you because we've got cab. Um, and like, you know, you should, you should want to join us down there. Um, and like knowing that some people are going to hate your brand, but like if you cultivate this like really, really strong following of maybe 10 or 20% of people, then you'll be successful uh, long-term. And did you know it was going to get to that point within the first 12 months? Um, no, not really. I mean, I remember like September, 2018, we did like 20,000 in sales. And then September 2019, we did like a quarter of a million in sales. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, looking looking back, like September 2019 was six months ago, dear God. Wait, no, seven months ago? Oh my God, I, time is too fast. Um, 
I think that like uh, I didn't really think about SMG as I, I still don't think about SMG as successful in any way, shape, or form. I think that it's it's always premature to to say that anything is successful until you um, you know have a, a self sustaining business or a an exit or you know some type of event that that you can mark as a success. But um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm able to pay people. Um, good money and give families health care and give people stability during a difficult time. We've donated $40,000 in the last month to COVID-19 emergency relief funds. We've, uh, you know, planted tens of thousands of trees. We just donated about 250 sheet sets to Denver area shelters um, ahead of the COVID-19 overflow they were expecting to help outfit extra beds. Um, and we did like stuff like that. I can't tell you how important that is to me in terms of if the whole company goes up in smoke tomorrow, we can look back and say that we really, really did a lot of positive stuff. And where do you yeah, do but, most of your advertising? Um, mostly on Facebook, uh, Facebook and, and Amazon, uh, and on Google. We like, uh, I'm not a huge fan of any of those, <laughs> of those platforms, uh, just personally, but, um, it's a really good way to reach eyeballs. And so we spent a lot of money on Facebook, Amazon, some on Instagram, Google. Um, we also do a lot of radio advertising. We'll advertise on Colorado public radio. So, um, NPR out here in Colorado support that. Um, we do a little bit of podcast. We've done direct mail. Direct mail doesn't really work too well for us. Um, and, uh, we do newsletters like uh, the Skim. If you're familiar with the Skim, uh, we've done a few a few sponsorships with them. Uh, those are expensive, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we we try a little bit of everything. We raised we raised about two million dollars total from investors to um, try to uh, basically like experiment and learn and figure things out. And so we've definitely burned some cash doing the wrong things, but. For the most part, uh, I think we've done a pretty good job. And what's your favorite part of your business? The fa- my favorite part of my business? Um, <laughs> I, lo- I love um, when people email us about the way that we've changed their lives because when I started the company, I honestly, honestly did not um, expect that we would you know, change, change lives in the same dynamic of the last company that I was at. Like I was back in my, my old tech days, I was really, really focused on like saving lives and, and what we could do for that. We used to partner with like the national domestic violence hotline and we partnered with all these really, really amazing organizations. And so when I started a bed sheets company, I was kind of like, you know, yeah, you know, it'll be, be fun and be like not very serious and we'll do some good in the world. And, but you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're bed sheets, you know? And, uh, and I, I just really, whenever somebody emails us and they're like, Hey, I have eczema, contact dermatitis, hyperhidrosis. Um, I'm going through menopause and have hot flashes. Uh, we have people who have emailed us with ALS, multiple sclerosis. Um, you know, uh, it's, they, they let us know that like our sheets because of their low coefficient of friction and because of how cool they are. They're, and they're, you know, hypoallergenic. They like FKT certified. They don't cause any bodily reaction. Um, they are the only things that some people can sleep on and get through the night. And that is like a life changing thing for people. I mean, if you've ever gone through a bout 
where you are unable to sleep or you're tossing and turning and, and you know how frustrating and how, you know, draining that can be on your health and your life. Uh, that, that gives me life. Like when, when people write reviews and they're like, you know, this is the first time I've slept through the night in six months. Um, I, you know, that's just the thing that I never anticipated, but has become my, my favorite thing by far at the company. And is there anything you wish you would have known before you started your company? Um, well, I started my company to not listen to anybody and to have freedom in, uh, my day to day life. What they don't really tell you is that entrepreneurs don't really get to set their schedules as much as you think. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot personally right now about sacrifices that they've made and the things that I wish I could do over uh, personally in my life in the last few years. And I, I think I would just tell myself that like, um, there's, there's going to be a lot of things that I'm good, that you're going to sacrifice while trying to get this company off the ground. And, um, it's not going to be what you think it's that you think it is in terms of like your personal freedom. And, you know, that's not to say I can't take I can take a Wednesday off when I need it before this whole COVID-19 thing. I could fly to Florida whenever I wanted to see my family. I could, you know, work from Scotland, uh, which I've done, or I could, uh, you know, go visit a friend in California or New York or Seattle. And that's fantastic. I love that freedom and I love that what it, what it gives me, but you know, there's been nights where I've plenty of nights where I've worked till three, four, five in the morning. I have to answer to my team. Uh, obviously they're people that I love and care about that work with me and for me and making sure that I'm responding to their needs, especially through a very difficult time right now. Um, so I just think that like, I'd probably temper my expectations a little bit in terms of what, what life would be like if I actually, um, built something worth, worth anything. And how are you supporting your team right now? With everything going on? Uh, well, first and foremost, I uh, pledged no layoffs uh, about a month and a half ago or a month ago. I did that because I asked on Twitter. I've got a, uh, an account with about 9,000 followers. Uh, it's not my, not my personal account. It's an anonymous account. Um, <laughs> and I asked that account. I said, what's the number one thing that you want your manager to do right now for you? And the number one answer was just let me know if I'm going to be employed two weeks or not. Um, and so I, the first thing I did was I let my team know, like there will be no layoffs at SMG from this. Like I'll do my best to get us through this hole. Just focus on your family and your job and I'll make sure that we, uh, I do the rest on the back end and you guys won't see a lot of things that I do, but I'll take care of it. And, um, I mean, it's been stressful. It's been, we've had, we've had lines of credit pulled. Um, we've had a total supply chain shut down. Uh, we, we had about a 30 or 40% sales drop in the first few weeks of this. Uh, we, you know, um, we've had a lot of uncertainty and a lot of difficulty, um, you know, just making sure that we're getting through this. But I think that like making that pledge, seeing the creativity from the team, seeing how energized they've been, I think it's bought some loyalty and some, and some good feeling, um, which has been really great to see how people have responded and everybody's been treating each other very kindly. Uh, and then I also, um, 
I've given everybody 150 bucks a month for mental health um, treatment and therapy and counseling if they need it for virtual counseling, telehealth. Um, and uh, we also do 100 bucks a month for food. So if you want to treat yourself and your family to a nice dinner once a month, you can do that on the SG card. Uh, we allow people to donate $25 a month to charity. Um, and then we also allow them to donate 25 bucks a month to each other. So like if somebody does something nice for you or kind for you, you can give them five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks as like a credit to their company account. Um, really like the, the, the benefits that we have. Uh, and then also uh, we're, we're actively, we have a KR, a key result every week that just says do good. So every week we're just trying to help people as much as we can. So the teams have a lot of fun coming up with different ways to do that. Um, you know, we think, we think last week we donated a few dozen sheet sets to doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers that are fighting COVID-19 so they can sleep a little easier right now. So that was really lovely to see. Um, so yeah, so it's been, it's been a really fun, uh, time. I think the team's responded really well to it. As fun as it can be. I mean, we're all trapped at home right now and losing our minds a little bit, for <laughs> sure. But, uh, I miss, I miss seeing them. I miss the office. I really do. But um you know it's a small small price to pay to help help stop the spread yeah and can you tell me the story behind the avocado mask photo <laughs> uh so basically there for people listening there's a uh there's a photo that's very famous for our brand that's three men in a bed drinking wine with an avocado face mask on they've all got like a glass of red wine and they're talking and they're it's just like a very like a candid moment almost like me and two of my friends in our very first photo shoot that was that was from february 2018 and uh we're just sitting there with wine talking exfoliating uh (laughs) and it became this like lightning rod for the brand and for the company where people were sharing it on lgbtq pages and they were sharing it on um twitter and they were putting on instagram and like just it just took on a life of its own in a lot of ways where people like and that's what i love about this space is that like um we can do things that no one's ever seen or done before because this space is so boring and so so undeservedly serious you know everybody's like oh you know like these sheets are gonna like change your life and like you're gonna change lives of your loved ones and like you know (laughs) you're it's such an aspirational industry and so weird uh to me sometimes and so we just kind of like do whatever makes us laugh and do whatever. And we just know that if we do something ridiculous, then no one's ever done it before. Like we were before this whole thing hit about a month and a half ago, we were riding bikes down the street with comforters draped around us. Those are great images. Um, you know, I like take your comforter anywhere type of stuff. We, uh, you know, we've done it. We've done stuff where like we brought two by fours in the bedroom and like circle saw them through, like captured the sawdust perfectly, like really saw them through. And, you know, like taught one of my, my friends who's a model to like cut through the two by four with this circle saw while her husband slept in the bed behind her, all for the joke that we can make about like sawing logs because that, you know, I mean, snoring. Um, and so we just know that like we kind of have a blank canvas and, and the three men in the bed picture, I think, exemplifies everything about the brand uh, that I want to get out there, just how, how flippant and, and fun it is and, um, you know, what you're going to get from us uh, if you want to follow along, have, have some fun. Do you usually do face masks or was it just for the photo? 
I've done enough face masks, yes. Uh, I don't look like I've done enough face masks because I think the stress of starting my own company in my late 20s is tacked on 10 years to my my skin. Um, but living in Denver doesn't help either. It's fairly dry. But yeah, I've got a few in the drawer right now. Maybe I'll do one later. Might be, might be good. I, need, I think I need to unwind and relax a little bit tonight, so maybe I'll... Uh, I'll tack on one of them. I think I've got a good one with like some hemp infused, uh, some stuff like that. And then the avocado stuff is great. I just love, it just feels good. Like, you know how it feels like when you like take, take it yeah. off. Like you just, I don't know. My skin never feels like that except for when I, when I take it off. So yeah, it's hard with the beard. It's, <laughs> yeah. It can be a little tricky. Yeah. yeah. And what tips do you have for creating content? Um, I, I always gravitate to funny. I think mm-hmm. people buy buy things more often when they're in a the better mood. Uh, I like making people smile from year to year. And then if they buy something from us, great. And if not, then, you know, not a big deal, but at least we made them laugh. Uh, and I think that like making people laugh is also a great way to get people like tell other people about you. Mm-hmm. Like I share, you know, the same memes that you do on Instagram, I'm sure. Like whether it's with Betches or Insta Single or Fuck Jerry or Moist Buddha, like, those brands, those those people are all brands in and of themselves, and the things they share are you know relatable, funny, uh, put a smile on your face, and then you want to send them to other people that you know that you know will appreciate them and put a smile on their face. So we generally judge content by how many DMs it gets on Instagram, because then we know that people are are sending it to one another. So we had a really good four four twenty post yesterday. It was um, we were in Denver, and I think that everybody at the company probably smokes pot. Um, I don't drug test, so I wouldn't know. Um, and, uh, basically we, uh, we put a post out there that was like a comforter wrapped around a green sheet set that we sell. And it looked like a giant joint, but it was like a comforter wrapped around a green. She was great. I told, I told our social media manager, Carl, I was like, I was like, you crushed it to that. It was such a good post. Um, we called it a blunt for her. <laughs> uh, so yeah for my, my content tips are like do something that people haven't seen before don't like and and also always be kind and catch more flies with honey than vinegar um if you start a consumer brand you're gonna wanna you will lose your faith in humanity let me tell you like people out there are not like some people are amazing and some people are not the best and uh so if you have little patience to deal with people who treat companies like faceless entities and yell at you to get what they want, then um, I would not start a consumer brand. And what have your 20s been like so far? So far, they're almost over. Yeah. I don't know. There's not much, there's not much far left to go. Um, I, turned, I turned 30 in six weeks. Uh, my 20s have been great. I... I look back with very few regrets and, but very, but a lot of questions about if I, you you always kill yourself, right? With that, like if I had done that one thing slightly differently, um, I, I'm a, I'm a determinist. So like, I don't think that I ever would have done any of those things differently. Um, but you know, it's, it's been a really fun ride. I started them when I was 23. I was actually just catching up. I think everybody right now is FaceTiming with their ex-boyfriends and girlfriends. 
Um, I was just FaceTiming with my ex-girlfriend a few days ago, catching up um, about, she was somebody I dated for four years in our early 20s, from 20 to 24. And, we, you know, my 20s started off, I was 20 years old, junior in college, uh, spent the fall semester in Budapest uh, for my study abroad. That was like the best semester, best four or five month period of my life. Then came back stateside, started dating this person, ended up getting a job at the world's largest hedge fund for my first job out of school uh, in 2012. Uh, then I went to Connecticut for that job. My then girlfriend moved in with me in Connecticut. Uh, we lived in, it's a terrible place, never lived in Connecticut, it's an awful spot. Um, but then we moved from there to Seattle for uh, my first startup job. Uh, that Seattle was uh, amazing, you know, so we broke up when we were 24, then I was single 24, 25. Uh, in Seattle, uh, working in startups, met some of the best friends of my life, had some of the best memories, best years of my life, uh, then went to Denver at 26, um, spent the last four years here now, and I've now since traveled, um, hanging off of like close to, close to 40 countries and I think 35 or 40 states. I, I have friends in California, Seattle, uh, New York. Florida. I'm from Miami originally. Uh, you know, I love traveling and seeing my friends. I can't do it right now, obviously, but traveling so much for work uh, has been great, but uh, tiring. So I'm glad to have this little break from travel. But um, I do love going everywhere and seeing my friends and seeing what everybody's doing and how their lives are and catching up with people. So it's been a pretty wild decade. Uh, and I like being a 90 baby because my my life changes with the with the decades, so it's kind of cool to have that that clock ticking like that. Um, but it's been a it's been a wild ride, and and I don't know if I would change much. Um, always one or two things, but all roads lead to now. So. And what advice would you give your twenty year old self? Um. <laughs> It's so hard because I want to say, I want to say, don't work at the hedge fund because that was so miserable. I gained like thirty pounds in six months, and I got fired, and um, I lost my first job out of college, and I, I was so miserable. And um, but if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have become a recruiter, um, which then led me to hire myself at one of my clients in Seattle, where. I met some people that have become lifelong, just best friends. Um, and I wouldn't have had the ability to join my last startup that gave me the knowledge and ability to do sheets and giggles. So I don't know. I mean, the <laughs> I would probably tell my 20 year old self, um, not to be, maybe so afraid of uh commitment i think that's been a common theme um it's really hard i think when when you're somebody who's like working on your own thing and starting your own thing to uh, uh i just I've, I've always when you value your freedom so much and you value your independence it's so hard to bring somebody into your life that you want to commit and sacrifice that independence for even, even a little bit. Um, 
And I think that's probably the advice I give myself is like, you can do both. And I'm learning that now going into my, my thirties, like, you know, you can do both. You can have your independence and work hard and, and build something special, but you can also, uh, take time for yourself and shut down the computer at six o'clock and, um, you know, make sure that you're, you're not being so, uh, myopic about what's in front of you. So don't miss the forest for the trees, I think, is the message I would tell my 20-year-old self. But knowing my 20-year-old self, I still would. And are there any questions you wish I would have asked you? Um, no, I think it's been a really good interview. Uh, I, um, maybe just about, like, navigating a business through the COVID-19 stuff right now. I think that a lot of people are, like, a lot of people are struggling, um, no, I, I do for anybody who needs a resume template. I used to be a recruiter and I have a top all time, um, all time posts in the job subreddit. If people read it, you can go on the job subreddit and sort top of all time. I think it's like number two now. And it's been viewed like 2 million times the resume, uh, template that is free to download and use for anybody who needs a good one. You can just search for sheets and giggles resume. You'll find it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I've got friends that have small businesses that have shut down that have lost 95% of sales. It's a crazy time right now. I, I'm really interested in what the world's going to look like in uh, three, six, and 12 months and 24 months. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be a seminal moment in time. And um, I am a little worried about, <laughs> about what everything's going to look like. But uh, yeah, I, I think that would be kind of interesting to talk a little bit more about. Uh, just in the broader context of what's happening uh, nationwide and worldwide right now. But it's such a, that's such a huge topic for probably another day. What do you think online stores are going to look like in six to 12 months? Do you think most of businesses are just going to be online? Well, so it's, it's tricky because um, 54% of Americans start a product search on Amazon. Uh, and so basically it's going to be a huge boon for Amazon, huge boon. Like this is this is an extraordinary thing for their for their business. Um, not to say that it's not a terrible thing in general. Uh, and the amount of dollars in aggregate are going to decrease. So the amount of money that people are spending overall is going to go down. But the amount of money they're spending online, the ratio of online to physical shopping is going to completely flip on its head. And almost a hundred percent of shopping is going to be done online. And so I think it's actually a huge an interesting opportunity for a lot of people. But the problem is that the mom and pop stores that are, that are losing their foot traffic right now, they don't have the expertise of the background in performance marketing, content marketing, SEO. Um, you know, they don't have the budgets to compete. So, you know, if you go search for, you know, cool clothes or, or summer wear or whatever, you're not going to find the store in Denver or on Pearl street Boulder that just lost, you know, a hundred percent of its foot traffic. You're going to find walmart.com. You're going to find, um, you know, Amazon, you're going to find target. Uh, and so I think that that's the, the trick is how to, how to not consolidate all of this spending into one area. And so we've actually built a website called COVID co-op, COVID co-op.com. And, uh, it's for small businesses that want to donate a percentage of their sales to COVID-19 relief like we did. Uh, and so we're hopeful to get a lot of signups on there and businesses that are like-minded 
will uh, promote it and people can begin shopping there. It's just a simple category search website where you can search for clothing and apparel or home and garden or home fitness or work from home and then basically find companies that have pledged to donate a percentage of their sales to COVID-19 relief. So you can shop for everything you need at home while donating a percentage of your order to COVID-19 emergency relief. So that's covidcoop.com for anyone who wants to check it out. It's a pretty cool website, total volunteer effort, no money changing hands or, or any fees or anything like that for anyone. And where can people connect with you? Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, you can just search for Colin Sheets and Giggles on LinkedIn or Google and you'll find me. Uh, Twitter at uh, Colin D. McIntosh uh, or uh, on Instagram at the same, although a private account. I don't really like public stuff. Uh, and then for the company, it's just at Sheets Giggles everywhere. So it's like the brand name Sheets and Giggles, but no ampersand in the, in the URL or in the at. Uh, and then, of course, SheetsGiggles.com. And uh, anything people need, I'm always happy to or happy to chat if people need help with anything. Thank you guys so much for listening. I would love if you guys can leave me a review on iTunes. And please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think it would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.